Here's Lorette on the run with six in the front court. Down the lane, underneath, layup, no good! Rebound, Blum! Blum does it! Coast Guard has done it! A 71-66 win for the Coast Guard Academy in the new Mac Men's Championship game! The 2007 Coast Guard Academy men's basketball team won the NUMAC championship and went to the NCAA tournament for the first time in 28 years. The 2008 team had greater expectations. This is team co-captain Grant Johnson. We went to like Mr. G's, Mr. D's, Tony D's, one of the letter restaurants up there before the season. And I was a captain, so I don't know why, but I felt like it was my job to stand up and say something. We got some parents there. And I said, last year we were we were happy to be in the, the tournament, the NCAA tournament. This year I expect, we expect to get there and to win a game. There's like a silence in the room. Barry, I remember looking across the room and Barry was like, huh, all right. I remember looking at Aaron Jones's face at the time and he was like, what have I stumbled into? What, <laughs> where am I? What, this seems serious. And it was for us, for me, for Al, it was. And we expected to be good that year. I remember him saying it. I mean, I can't tell you what my face looked like. It probably seems wild to me because I just saw how hard basketball was, how competitive our league was, Division three basketball. I think I w didn't fully appreciate that coming in. And then having spent a year practicing and watching these guys play, I was like, man, this, it's just, it's tough. That comp confidence probably surprised me, I think, and maybe that's the surprise he saw on my face. Welcome to Episode 6, Com Confidence. After a successful humanitarian retreat to Honduras, Craig Johnson returned to Coast Guard Academy. He was now a junior while the rest of his recruiting class were seniors. The year away had done Craig good. Though Don't Ask, Don't Tell was still in effect, and his secret was still a secret, he was glad to be back. It was hard for different reasons, but it was also great. <laughs> like, the nice thing about being at the Academy is they take care of everything, like food, healthcare, you have money, you have clothes, like it's just everything is so taken care of and you don't really realize that until you're outside the nest. So. It was actually very reassuring. It was nice to come back. I, I really loved the academy. Craig was the team's star player as a sophomore, averaging nearly 20 points per game. But he had missed the basketball teams winning the NUMAC championship in 2007. They had found a way to win without him. And now it was up to Craig and his teammates to mesh in a way that worked for everyone. I think everyone was pretty was friendly and welcoming. I don't remember any anything any specific outliers. I did feel like I had to kind of like re-establish in positions that I would have been. There were some bumps. This is now sophomore Eric Hudson. I think his talent obviously helped us, but I think he struggled trying to find his role in the team because all of us already have at this point. Like we went through a very awesome season. We already knew what to do. Like, all right, these are the little things we need to do to be better. Your role, I know my role. And then Craig comes in and we're like, no, this is how we've been doing it. You can't just come in here and just, because you're talented, you could just do whatever. That's not how this, this happens. For the other six members of the Magnificent Seven recruiting class, senior year was a long time coming. 
Senior year was what you lived the whole three years before that for. It's what got got me through day one, year one, year two, year three was to be a firsty. This is Grant's fellow co-captain, Al Sowers. The biggest change, obviously, is is you get a car. You know, for the first three years up there, you don't have a car. You're either relying on uh, the shuttle buses that they have running cadets around or, you know, grabbing a taxi if you can, you know, afford that or uh, or relying on seniors and, and getting rides from them. And so I really think one of the cool things about being a senior especially on a basketball team is, you know, you're able to kind of be there for the guys on your team. If, if they need a ride to go to the mall, if they need to get a ride to the train station so that they can catch a train up to Boston or down to New York for the weekend or, or, you know, whatever it is, one of the biggest changes is, is honestly just having a car. And and with that comes the ability to, to, you know, leave and, and be free, be able to go wherever you want it's the final chapter, you know, like you spent three years getting trained, learning, going through this unique situation and, and you're kind of getting towards the end. You're trying to set yourself up for post-academy life in your career, trying to decide what you want to do, right? Do I want to go to flight school? Do I want to go to a boat? Do I want to, you know, go to grad school? Like, do I want to do five years? Do I want to do 20? You know, you have all that stuff running through your head and and you're really worried about like where you're going to end up. You know, it's the final chapter, or I guess the final chapter of Academy Life, and which leads into kind of the, the next book uh, in the series of, of your career in the Coast Guard. As Grant, Al, and the other firsties reached their final chapter, there was also a new player beginning his first chapter. Head forward, six foot five, from St. Thomas, Virgin Islands, number 34, Javon James. My name is Javon James. I was a forward on the, the Coast Guard men's basketball team. Basketball was not Javon James' sport of choice in St. Thomas. Baseball and volleyball were. I actually did baseball into high school. I started playing, picking up volleyball, and I actually became pretty good and competitive within that sport. And uh, it's, it's a little more black and white in volleyball, who's, uh, who's playing well and who's not. So I enjoyed that more. And then basketball was kind of a thing on the side. I played it in high school, but didn't really you know, work at it. It's just fun to play. Javon was offered a scholarship to play volleyball at Sacred Heart University in Connecticut. But then the coach got fired, and the offer was withdrawn. Coast Guard Academy was kind of one of those backburner things like, oh, yeah, well, I might as well apply. Not expecting to really go to the school. And when it all boiled down, it's like, all right, well, long story short, it, it was just a better maybe business decision at the point. I didn't see enough there to tell you the truth to say, all right, I'm, I'm all in. Um, <laughs> but enough to say that I'll leave it as a choice. And well, I had to do a prep year. And then from the prep year, I got to the academy. When he showed up in New London and got to what they call coach's time, he had one sport on his mind. Coach Barry told me that your origin story was that you just showed up and you were like, where's the volleyball team? Exactly. (laughs) That's exactly what happened. Volleyball is my thing. I heard there's a volleyball team here. And I... 
I come in, we, we, you know, we do swap summer and my name is being chirped around because of course I'm, a, I'm better than majority of the kids there who hasn't played any kind of basketball, right? So my, my name is being chirped around, but I'm still thinking I'm going to play volleyball here at the Coast Guard Academy, right? I'm looking for this club team, whatever. I, I'm not even interested in this basketball team at this point. And Al Sowers <laughs> introduced himself to me. He's like, hey man, you're going to play basketball. I'm like, no, I'm actually going to play volleyball. <laughs> you know, here I'm talking to the senior. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you should see this face. Like, no, I'll see you in, I'll see you in the basketball court. <laughs> he knew I'm going to go play volleyball. And he's like, you know, if you go there, you're going to be the captain of that team. I'm like, there's, there's no way, you know, me as a freshman coming to a college environment that I'm going to be the captain of the team. I head to the first practice and I, I'm seeing... I'm seeing the skill level of the guys and, you know, not to talk mess about the guys, but it, it was just not up to the level that I was hoping for. So that next day I was at the basketball practice. <laughs> we'll get back to Javon. He's pretty important to the story. The Bears rolled through the non-league portion of their schedule. They were undefeated and wondering why they weren't ranked. The answer was simple. They hadn't played anybody good yet. Although, I should note that after the Bears defeated New York Maritime in the second game of the season, the opposing coach, Dr. Jody King, whom I knew, came up to me and said, that's an Elite Eight Final Four team they've got there. You know, I, I, I knew how good Coast Guard was going to be, but I didn't know how, how good they really were till actually playing against them. We had such difficulty with Craig Johnson and Jeff Rebeck. I mean, it was, it was no matter what we did, we could not contain them. They just had all the pieces. When the Bears started playing the good teams, they wilted. Something wasn't right. They started the new Max season two and five. At the academy, you take a month break for finals. Everybody goes home. You try to stay in shape, but there's just no, there's no replicating. I think it ultimately ended up being probably two and a half weeks off which is a lifetime in the world of a college basketball player to, to lose your lungs, to lose your legs, to lose your handles, your touch. So anyway, we would come back. We came back for a, a stumbled. I think we lost three in a row. And I remember with that point, Coach Chung, Sam Chung, after a practice, a Saturday morning practice, he pulled Coach Bono, or Coach Barry, Craig, myself, Al, it was like, what's going on, guys? This is your senior year. Is this how you want it to go? You're two and five in the conference. It's up to you. Nothing was resolved in that meeting other than he called us out. Hey, you can't, you can't point the fingers. There's not going to be a next year. It's nobody else's fault. You are the seniors. You can, you can blame the academy. You can blame the coaches. But you guys are the ones on the, earning the minutes. So I think that's what was accomplished. I think Coach Chung was like, just hey, what do, you, what do you want to do with your with your careers, what do you want to do with this season? It's up to you. It's slipping by. We were two and five, and then kind of made us look in the mirror and say, "He's right. If we think we're good, and we do, we can't just keep waiting. Can't just keep procrastinating. We've got to do it right now." It wasn't until we adjusted as a group with Craig being present, frankly, because it was an adjustment. It was an adjustment. It's certainly, very dominating personalities <laughs> amongst that little group. But once we adjusted, that's like I said, that's when it turned around. But yeah, it took it took all of that though. It took all of that to happen because very easily it could have just kept going downhill. This is longtime assistant coach Bob Bono. It's hard to win, hard to win at the academy when you're playing 
midweek games and they got these tests and they're up at six o'clock every morning. You drive to Boston and play Babson on a Wednesday night and you've been up since six in the morning and you're playing at seven o'clock at night. It's not easy. That's why these kids, you got to tip your hat to what they do. It's, it's amazing yeah. how they perform in that. The Bears won their last five league games. Let's explain how they did it. On offense, the Bears had a lot of scoring options. One of their primary plays was called Grinder, like the sandwich. He basically swung the ball around and set a back screen for the big man coming across. It was was named Grinder after Coach Bono. I guess inside joke. Uh, we always got like subs or sandwiches. He'd always be like, "Come and get your grinders." I remember we were at Mr. G's one time, and I think this was like when we first got there, and and me and Stefan didn't know the difference between a grinder and a sub. So I was like, is this a sub? And so Coach Bono goes, no, it is not a sub. And so I was like, it looks like a sub. He's like, no, it's the oils. The oils are what makes a grinder. So we had Craig pop out. Instead of the guard popping out on the wing, we'd have Craig pop out. He would get the ball. We would swing it. And now we would set a double back screen for Craig coming off so that he would get the ball to post, kind of putting putting his man through a, a grinder. They actually came up with the name. We put the play in, and I said, all right, guys, what do you want to call this play? And they busted my butt because we ordered grinders after the game and all that. And the way I said grinders, probably laughing behind my back. And they all said, oh, grinder, grinder, G-R-I-N-D-A-H, like they say in New England. The Bears also ran flex, a half-court, slow-paced offense that gave the big men, Jeff Prebeck, Craig Johnson, Steve Blum, and Javon James, a lot of control. The reason why flex is such a good offense is because it screens the screener. And whenever you screen the screener, you always catch them falling behind a little bit. And someone's always a little bit available for you, which is what we want. Every team in the league knew exactly what you were going to do. Correct. Correct. I even love that because that shows you that we can execute the play properly and have counters in the play whenever appropriate. This is Jeff Prebeck. Of course, I enjoyed it. Whether I was shooting or or passing, at least I, I got the ball and was able to make that decision. The game has obviously changed since we were in college. And I think looking at all different levels of play, But for our time, I think a lot of it was big man oriented, at least just having to be the focal point or or kind of like funneling into us and then letting letting us see how the play would develop. We had post players, so we needed to get it inside, but then we would play inside out and get open looks for Grant. And I think Grant and Al weren't as athletic as a lot of the guards they played. So it took a lot of pressure off them to get the ball inside first. And then they could, it made it easier for them to get open Seeing how it works when you're disciplined, that's the hardest part about it. You have to be extremely disciplined in that offense. You have to think, too. Like, you can't just run to a spot, wait, go over there. Every time you go off that screen, there's a play. Every time you catch the ball, there's a play. Every time that person comes at you a screen, it's a play. So you have to constantly be thinking about plays. And then when you're at each spot, what that play is. Because if that person reacts, you have to react. So... That's why I like it, because you can't guard it. It's hard to guard when you look at it, but it definitely takes time to think about it and kind of master. You have to constantly keep practicing it. The Bears figured out how to play together. Craig Johnson ended the season as the team's leading scorer and rebounder. Al Sowers, Jeff Prebeck, and Grant Johnson were right there with him. One player didn't dominate. There were many scoring options. 
Grant Johnson called the Coast Guard approach lunch pail. We were going to show up with our lunch pail. We didn't beat anybody with our X's and O's ever. And that was to Barry and Bono's credit. We just ran our simple plays and we ran them better and more often than you. So we knew if you did this, we were going to do that. We only needed two options because you could only take away one. I think Barry and Bono knew that what they were collectively working with, that we didn't have the mental capacity with every other class we were taking to memorize tons of, tons of plays or elaborate plays or this option and that option. So the Coast Guard Bears kept it simple and we tried to do it harder and more consistently than everybody else. In a separate conversation, Grant would add this. We were a bunch of uh, decrepit, aged old men out there playing against some 18-year-old boys. Jeff and I and Al, just like if you're playing a pickup game at the church, now the old men have tricks. Well, we started to develop our own set of old man tricks, um, little smarts. Maybe we, maybe we weren't the step, step quicker, but we were smarter than our opponents, and we, we started to know that. We knew that there were... There weren't going to be any situations that we found ourselves in that we hadn't already been. On defense, the Bears played a matchup zone. Eric Hudson and Grant Johnson were the suffocating defenders. I wanted to be the best defender on the court, period, every time I played. I never wanted them to score. I basically wanted to be such of a nuisance that they didn't want the ball anymore. I don't know. I took two or three charges a game, so that frustrated them. So they get an offensive fouls. They don't want to drive. Just passing the ball, it helps with presses. I don't know, I just knew everybody had their role. And I went from Naps scoring 30 points to I'm with Al who could score, Grant who could score, Jeff who could score. Everybody can't get the ball. So I was like, okay, if I can't get the ball, let me find other ways to get the ball. So I was either through steals or playing defense to get the ball. Probably when I was younger, I was trying to match people with foot speed. And then I think just like, happens to people in life you get mature and you figure out who you are and you become okay with who you are and who I was was a slow-footed but smart person I can anticipate what you're going to do I see you do it once I I can predict you're going to do it again I kind of switched sophomore to junior and senior year that I'm not going to try to beat you with my foot speed I'm just gonna I need to commit my brain the whole game to thinking defense rather than trying to use my my feet to make up for it because I didn't have the foot speed that Eric Hudson did Javon James and Steve Blum were the shot blockers. I worked harder than everyone to to get it, and I always felt like I could I could out jump anyone. So you know, it was kind of the mentality I took in. You know, I know I wasn't going to go in there and score. I didn't need to, but I wasn't going to go in there and rebound and block. Craig Johnson and Jeff Prebeck, they were the rebounders. So I think that like collectively, all these parts were in sync, and we really just meshed well to where it was a unified team defense because everyone was picking up like other slack and like we could read each other's footsteps, body lingo, like just communication. It really was a well-oiled machine. And I think it did take us like four years to get to that point. I want to give props to two other people who were important to the Bears' success. In episode two, when I introduced the members of the Magnificent Seven recruiting class, I included Donatus Shodinus and Zach Robertson. Donatus was the exchange cadet from Lithuania. He rarely played, but he loved being on the team. He was also a fan favorite. When he came into the game, the crowd would get excited. Donatus was nicknamed Showtime, not because of the 1980s Lakers, but because that was the word he used as an example for how to pronounce his last name, Shodinus. 
One of my favorite memories of Donatus is the time he came into a lopsided game and made a three-point shot. He did a little shrug, like Michael Jordan's famous one in the NBA Finals. I made a shrug accidentally, and I did not mouth to copy Michael Jordan. I never even saw, never seen this clip with Jordan when he scored it. Then later I learned, and, and then I'm like, I just like, hey, look, I scored. That's what, that was my message. Donatus was what you would call a good locker room guy. The players enjoyed his presence. I just try to be myself, and, and by being myself, just once in a while, crack a joke here and there when uh, no one expected that. Bring some Lithuanian personality to the team, because the more diversity, the more fun. Everybody has different ways of having camaraderie. Showtime just wanted to have fun. This is team manager Zach Robertson. Yeah, definitely lots of energy. He would be in the bus going to the game. He would be the one that when people were trying to sleep or just chill out and relax, that he'd be reaching over the seat and like tickling their nose or something, intentionally just irritating people just to do something. And then we would go have the game. And then he would be lots of energy, ready to go, ready to be put in if he got put in. He would pretty much sleep on the bus the entire time. I've got different photos from the bus rides from all four years. And in every one of them, if it's coming back from a game, he's just passed out. He'd be the first one to fall asleep on the bus. But then when we're back at the academy or when we're going out in the evenings, going out on the weekends, just full of energy, wanting to have fun, however he could have it, he would be the life of the party with the people not associated with the team. Everyone loves Showtime. Zach was another of the people in the background who was integral to the Bears' success. He was all over it. He's the All-American Basketball Manager of the Year. With what he did behind the scenes, whether it was involving tape or taping or equipment, he was like a Coast Guard assistant athletic director. One of his key roles was as the team's statistical ombudsman. I was like, I'm going to make this into my own thing. I'm going to find a role here, even if I have to create a job for myself and just do anything I can to make the team better was my goal at the time. If that meant keeping the score and I I made a point to make sure that I memorized every little conference rule, every NCAA rule change. If I could get an extra stat or something for one of the players after a game when we're getting the box scores. And so catching that stuff, I remember being significant. I know Al and I sat down at one point, I think it was junior year, and we looked at the scoreboard and the different errors that had been caught. And we figured I I earned the team about 1.2 points per game over the season. (laughs) The Bears' hot streak put them in a better position. They finished the season 7-5 in New Mac play. However, While a team like WPI had a record good enough to make the NCAA tournament regardless of how it did in the league tournament, Coast Guard didn't have that luxury. A loss in the conference tournament would end their NCAA hopes. The pressure was on, but the Bears were ready. This is Steve Blum. The regular season was practice for the real show. And that, trust me, I'm the type of player that goes out there and plays as hard as I can. Every play, every possession, every practice, I'm like going 100%. Still, I was not worried. And so people use the phrase these days, trust the process. Do you know what that's code for? That's really code for 
don't worry about your short-term results. And we don't like that in our society. Our society hates that. Our, our society wants to win now. If you don't win now, we're going to fire the coach. We're going to change the star player. But we use this phrase, trust the process, which actually means don't worry about the short-term results. Think about the long-term, you know, how you're going to be successful in the future. How does your practice right now and how does your game right now allow you to win in the future? Because we had success the previous year, I know I felt 100% confident trusting the process, right? Like we could lose a couple of games along the way. That's fine. We're just going to get better. We're going to peak at the right time and we're going to win another New Mac championship. Their opening round opponent was MIT. It was the start of a journey. And I think we all knew we were on this journey. Like the fact that it was a one and done, like people talk about, we just focus on the next game, but that was not my attitude at all. Like I knew this was the beginning of a three game journey we were going to have to the new Mac. And I remember we were huddling up right outside the gym and Grant said, talked to us and Al talked to us. I think Jeff might've said something. And then Aaron turned to me and was like, Aaron, he was like, Steve, what do you have to say? You got to say something. And I was like, let's impose our will on them. I was never like super motivational. I was never trying to get people super pumped up. And everyone just looked at me and everyone was like amped all of a sudden because they could realize like if I was going to get excited about this, they were going to get excited about it too. The engineers never had a chance. Craig Johnson, offensive rebound. Clear out Lewis, back to Craig, one-on-one with Sumari. Skip pass, Sowers, he's open. His three is up, and going 11-0, runaway for Coast Guard early. At the top of the circle, finds Lewis in the corner, bounce pass inside, Blum tangled up, turn around, good. Steve Blum's played inspired basketball lately. That's his first hoop, 25-12 Coast Guard, 4.55 to play. Misses, rebound loose, who's got it? It's batted forward to Lewis. Lewis ahead, James. Javon dunks. The Bears won handily to advance to the semifinals. Remember back to the previous year when Wheaton upset Springfield to play Coast Guard in the semifinals in a matchup of last place and next to last place. Amazingly, Wheaton did it again this year. Wheaton beat the number two seed to set up a semifinal rematch with Coast Guard. And just like no one remembers Coast Guard Wheaton 2007, no one remembers Coast Guard Wheaton semifinals 2008. The Bears trailed by 10 points at halftime. And it's another game where I wasn't there. I was at the women's semi. Oh well. Craig Johnson up top, Lewis, wide open, three, it's up, hit the side of the rim, rebound, tipped around, and Hudson gets it for Coast Guard, inside Prebeck, the layup, and jump, it's in, and the foul, Jeff Prebeck gives Coast Guard the lead, they're up 46-45, to 45. Wheaton can tie or take the lead, Coppola had his pocket pick taken away by Coast Guard, it's a two-on-one here, Sowers down the right side of the lane, inside Johnson, his layup is in, a beautiful three-on-one play right there by Coast Guard. And they're back up by four, 51 to 47. Al Sowers up top, 12 to go in the game. The Coast Guard Bears will take on the WPI Engineers tomorrow afternoon at high noon. And they'll try to defend their new back title. An impressive win here this afternoon after trailing by 10 at the half. The Coast Guard Bears win it 68 to 56. That's Seth Cantor, the voice of Merchant Marine Academy, on the call. Coast Guard's wins set up another matchup at WPI for the league championship. I hated playing. I hated playing Coast Guard. 
That's Antoine Coleman, the 2008 New Mac Player of the Year, an All-American and WPI star. They were so long, and it was a zone. That's exactly why they were so good in the tournament. They're the perfect tournament team. They're going to play zone. They're not going to overextend themselves. And good luck trying to get through their long arms and limbs. When they went all cylinders, they were so tough. If I could play for any other team other than my own, it would have been Coast Guard because I just feel like they were tough. There was nobody tougher. For most games, either the team PR person, Jason Southard, or Zach Robertson, the team manager, would get me the starting lineup. This time, Zach attached a note, and to paraphrase, it said Coast Guard was going with its big lineup. Jeff Prebeck, Craig Johnson, Steve Blum starting. Steve sometimes sat for a guard, Stefan Lewis. WPI, on the other hand, was going with a small lineup. And Zach noted, look out for mismatches for Jeff Prebeck or Craig Johnson. Steve Blum was not in his thoughts. And apparently, he wasn't in WPI's either. Here's Blum. Dribble, drive, jump, stop. Five-footer rolls in. Steve Blum with two quick baskets for Coast Guard. The senior forward from Farmington ties it at four. WPI had a great system, and uh, WPI's system was let Steve Blum touch the ball as much as he wants because he's not an offensive threat. Craig Johnson finds a cutting Blum layup. Good. Good flash there by Blum to get to the basket for his third hoop. And Coast Guard gets three on that possession. Trails 27-24, 6-15 to play. And so, like, it was, like, the easiest two points I scored in my career. And I thought, wow, if they're going to let, let this happen, like, we have a pretty good shot at winning. It's like, this is, maybe it won't even be that close. Sowers, a bounce pass for Grant Johnson. For a cutting Blum, baseline, jump good. Steve Blum has come out real determined today for Coast Guard. He's got four hoops and eight points. He had a great New Mac championship game last year with 14 off the bench. And underneath to Prebeck, it's bumped out of position. Kick to Blum, his three is good. Steve Blum from downtown, it's 36-34. Blum has not missed a shot yet. That is his second collegiate three-pointer. Getting the ball to the person that has the hot hand, like that's something I'm huge on. I really do think like some days you feel good and you are going to shoot good. Some days you're not going to, and you need to find the person on your team that does have the hot hand. Sowers, wing right for Coast Guard. Bears ball up one. New Mac championship game. Now Blum off the triple for a dunk. Oh, man, Steve Blum is having some kind of game. He dunks. It's 46-43, 15-15 to play. So I'm just going to drive. I jab step to the right, rip through to the left. Left-handed, oh, my gosh, two left-handed dribbles for me. That is like a miracle that I didn't fumble the ball right there. And I said, what the heck, I'm here. I may as well finish with style. This is head coach Pete Berry. It was huge, though. That it erupted our bench. It erupted the, the fans. People about lost their minds because that was the play of the year. I've never seen him ever do that in practice, let alone a game. And it just, but he did it. And it was like a huge moment in that game. He was a monster. The best player on the court. It was just like, whoa. Blum's dunk was the last of his 19 points that day. It was part of a run in which the Bears scored on nine straight possessions. Javon James, Eric Hudson, Jeff Prebeck, and Grant Johnson were all part of that outburst. James played only eight minutes, but scored 11 points. WPI just couldn't keep up. 
jumps and slices through to James. Jump is good. Javon James, another hoop for Coast Guard. It's 48-45. He's got four buckets and nine points. WPI finally stopped Coast Guard for a moment, but Johnson started another run with his second straight three-pointer. Deflected, Craig Johnson has it. Finds Grant in the corner. His three is good. And it is a nine-point lead for Coast Guard. 57-48, Johnson's third hoop. He finished with 17 points, nine rebounds, and seven assists. The WPI game was probably my most complete college basketball game. Very proud of that. I think it was our most complete game as, as a team up to that. The Bears' defense locked down, holding the engineers to two points in about eight minutes. Al Sowers scored Coast Guard's next three baskets, and then it was all over but for the final countdown. 15 to play, Marois misses the three, Grant Johnson rebound. Two in a row for Coast Guard. They're going to win the new Mac for the second straight year. It'll be an 82-66 final score. The Bears are going dancing to the NCAA tournament. And the team comes on to the floor. Here come a few fans as well. As the United States Coast Guard Academy wins the new Mac tournament today, 82-66. And they dance around at the free throw line. The Bears are new Mac champions again. And the United States Coast Guard Academy, the seniors leaving a lasting legacy, two new MAC tournament championships, back-to-back years as juniors and seniors. We were going to win from the minute it tipped to the minute it was over. We had lost that game, that similar game to WPI, eight times in my career. We were just always one play away the whole game, which adds up to a 12-point loss. And it was nice to see WPI befuddled by how to stop us or how to score on us. It was nice to see because, again, they were the benchmark for our league for so long. We definitely clearly showed that we were the better team. And it was we was intense focus and we was locked in from the tip. People coming off the bench making great plays, out rebounding them, making free throws, making shots. That, and that, that right there is championship basketball that we played. Championship basketball was one thing. Winning in the NCAAs was quite another. On the next episode of A Lasting Legacy. This has been the best season in Coast Guard men's basketball history. They got an uphill climb to try and continue it. A Lasting Legacy is hosted, produced, and edited by me, Mark Simon. I know some people wonder how I ended up broadcasting games for Coast Guard. For that, I offer a special thanks to Danbury News Times sports writer Jim Stout. I met Jim while freelancing at the Division Three Final Four in Connecticut for D3Hoops.com. When I moved to the state to work at ESPN, Jim voluntarily reached out to many schools to say that a broadcaster was available for hire. Two schools responded. Coast Guard offered to pay. The other didn't. I went with Coast Guard. And... Thanks to Dr. Jody King, who absolutely, positively said after the second game of the 2008 season that Coast Guard had an Elite Eight Final Four team. That's one of my favorite anecdotes in this project. Thank you for listening.